Welcome back to the Run Fast Podcast. Um, we are live and rolling with another awesome guest, an alumnus of the collegiate scene in, in college running. Um, we have a brand new microphone, so um, for those of you out there listening, um, hopefully the audio quality will have increased a bit since our last episode. Um, once again, I'm your host, Evan. I'm Miles. And yeah, we are co-hosts of the Run Fast Podcast here for episode number 11 with Zach Lidoff, class of 2022 of Santa Clara track and field cross country. Zach, we'll give you the floor to kind of introduce yourself, anything you want the audience to know about yourself before we hop right into it. Awesome. Yeah. So um, I'm Zach Lidoff. I'm originally from Boulder, Colorado. That's where I went to high school. And I now live in San Francisco, but um, I did my college college time at Santa Clara University, which is in Santa Clara, kind of South Bay of Bay Area in California. Um, yeah, I mean, while, while I was at Santa Clara, I kind of came in as a freshman. I was uh, like one of the mid-tier guys on the on the traveling team and worked my way up and had a had a great time there. And now uh, post collegiately, I, I run a design agency that kind of my niche is the running world. So I specialize in kind of doing more of the business side of the running world as well. So yeah, sweet. Yeah, Miles, let's um, get it rolling. Um, yeah. So something about our podcast is you know we got a lot of high school audience. So you know we're gonna start off by talking a little about about a little bit about your experience in, over at Monarch High School. Um, so let's just, how would you describe, you know, what your experience is like in the program, the atmosphere, you know, you know, talk a little bit about that. Totally. Yeah. So um, Monarch was a, a unique school, I would say, for, for high school athletics. Um, when I joined, so freshman year, my sister had run and was on the team and she was a senior when I was a freshman. Um, and our team was really good. Like the the girls team, I think, had won state like four years in a row. And the guys team wasn't like winning state at all, but they were, they were going and they were still pretty good. Um, and I, so I kind of joined and I was really young and there was like, I had no no chance of contributing to the team. And I was like, I had just quit soccer and I didn't really know where I was going to be as a runner. So like making that transition to high school running for me was pretty hard, especially like, I feel like a lot of runners when they're really young struggle to kind of like go all in and see how good they could be because you know being a freshman racing seniors is a big age gap um so I think my freshman year I ran like 20 minutes for the 5k was probably my PR um so definitely a lot slower than where I ended up in college but <laughs> so that was that was a bit funny but then you know I kind of the, the team really bought into me and really pushed me to train hard and I worked my way up to about junior year I was able to make the varsity team which was cool. And then I competed at state junior year and senior year in track as well. So that was, it was, a, it was definitely a, a really cool experience for me to be a part of and a cool team to be a part of. But I think coming onto a team that's so good has a lot of like pressures as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And so although Miles and I are originally from San Francisco, born and raised, we go out to prep school in the Northeast in Connecticut. And so much of our audience is out here in the Northeast and very familiar with prep prep running and cross country, especially. So I'd say most of Northeast running caters to really gritty and hilly racing experiences. Um, can you talk about kind of what are the most notorious things about racing out in Colorado, out in Boulder? Is it the altitude? Is it the course? Is it the terrain? What is kind of Colorado prep racing known for, in your opinion? Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. So I, I would say in the collegiate scene, it's altitude. But when I was in high school, you know, like I didn't understand really what altitude was. I would leave once a year to run a race not at altitude. And I was like, oh, it's a free 10 seconds. But like, if you're racing every single race at altitude, it's not like altitude is this big, scary thing. Like it becomes that later on once you're barely racing at altitude. Um, even for the college teams based in Colorado, they're leaving altitude for a lot of their races. 
But I would say Colorado is probably more similar to the East than a lot of, uh, you know, states on the West. Like we we raced pretty gritty courses. Not many of our courses were fast. We had like, you know, our, our occasional once a season, like probably short course, like downhill, crazy fast. But most of them were like gravel, hills, grass, sand. Like, um, so I would say um, one thing that made it unique as far as racing was there was since uh, Colorado was such a like, I'd say deep athletic culture, especially in the running world with like all the pro teams there and like this kind of like high altitude training camp that Boulder is, you get a lot of certain pockets of schools that are really good and they'll have like a couple stud runners. So you get this like team competitiveness where like, you know, if you're, or at least we did where it was like, you, we, we go to a race, we're only racing like three teams or four teams, but those teams are really good. Um, and it kind of has this, like, you know, you know the guy who's the third guy on this team, and you have to beat him if you're the third guy or so and so on. So, Yeah. So you just touched on, you know, you kind of came into a really, really strong team uh, your freshman year in high school. So um, could you talk about, you know, some, some mentors you had um, as, you know, a young runner or just uh, in your early stages as a runner um, that influenced you and your progression um, all the way, th- like, through the end of your co- collegiate career? Totally, yeah. So I'd say there's maybe probably two people I would go to right away. So one is this uh, this guy, Ben Hogan. He, he ended up running at Gonzaga, um, but he was like, I was neighbors with him. He was the one who convinced me to join cross country um, and not do soccer. And I joined the team and he was on the travel team um, and I was not, and I wasn't very good. And like, I didn't, I didn't take it too seriously as a freshman, nor really as a sophomore, probably because I wasn't very good and it was hard to you know like it's hard to put in a lot of effort into something when you kind of feel like you might not get what you want out of it um and he would always get so mad at me and be like dude what are you doing why aren't you trying he would like drive me to school and he'd be like he'd be like dude I'm so upset with you like well you could be so good if you just trained and like I kind of just never really listened to him but like it was really nice to have someone like that who I knew believed in me when I didn't and then on the like flip side of his approach like so he was always hard on me and like dude I need you like you gotta go why aren't you training was like kind of hard on me and then we had this assistant coach his name was um Martin Medina he had run at CU so he was just like he would just volunteer um come run with us you know do some coaching stuff like that and he kind of came in and he probably you know he had seen tons of younger guys like go through what I was going through and he was always just super supportive and nice and was like dude you'll figure it out like when you're ready you'll know like you know you could be good. Like we all know you could be good. It's whether you want to be good. Um, like what you want, what you want to get out of this is what you end up getting out of it. And kind of those two people, those two approaches of trying to convince me to like go all in ended up kind of junior year really clicking for me. Um, and having them both as support all the way through college. Ben ended up, you know, going to Gonzaga. Gonzaga was a top choice for me. Was one of one of the schools I looked at. You know, I ended up going to the same conference. I see him all the time. Still good friends with him and like. Martin, I was always texting throughout college, you know, he was giving me advice on college running because he had gone through it. And during my like process of looking at schools, he was very helpful. And like, I'd say those two people were real mentors and like helping me learn how to put in effort into running, you know. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a great segue to my next question here. Um, I mean, take us through your recruitment process and kind of explain what were the major factors that you were looking for in a school and how, I mean, how you navigated that process, obviously. And and ultimately, like, what's made Santa Clara your choice of university in terms of yeah. commitment? Totally, yeah. So um, I think my recruitment process was uh, 
different than a lot of people I ended up like running against later on in college and becoming friends with just because like I mentioned you know I ran 20 minutes in the 5k as a freshman like so I didn't have freshman times to talk about I think sophomore year I ran like 17 high still don't really have times to talk about so junior year when I'm starting to start getting recruited I think I'd run 16 30 in the 5k 437 in the mile and like 157 in the eight so my eight was really the only time that I could like talk about when I was trying to get to these programs um so I didn't have like my initial list ended up being um you know at the beginning I was looking at Gonzaga because I had been as a connection there who was vouching for me and then Santa Clara who I had reached out to and the coach had responded um but basically for me it was all me reaching out to coaches so I was looking there Portland a little bit but like they weren't really interested too much early on CU but they weren't really interested too much early on and then a good amount of D3 schools um and kind of as my junior year progressed I was like confident I was getting better and as my senior year progressed like I still didn't have the times really from I mean the 157 I ran late my junior year um so senior year comes around and I like people are starting to kind of decide and I don't have any times um and like Felipe, the coach at Santa Clara, really believed in me and was like, I think, yeah, like you have a spot in our team if you want it. And it kind of came down to like Santa Clara, Gonzaga, I would say. Like at the end of my senior year, I ran 9-11 in the two mile at Arcadia and won the like B heat two mile. I don't know what it's called these days. It was like different. It was a different color of the of the two mile at, at Arcadia. And I ran 9-11 there. And from that, I started getting a lot more serious offers like then you know, CU came back to the table and then it was like, oh, I could go to this school or that school. But like, I'd already gone on a visit at those schools. And like, when I was at Santa Clara, they had kind of sold me on this idea of like, we're not a good team. Like, we'll be honest, but like, we're going to be good. Like, you have to believe that. Um, They like sold me on this idea of being the giant killer. So like, we're going to go out and we're going to beat these big name schools by the time you're done here. And like, knowing that and knowing like, none of these schools really cared about me until I'd run one time that was okay. And I always, like, I was telling them, like, I'm good. I just need to be in the right race. I need this. Like, it'll come through. I'm young. Like, you know, like, I didn't hit puberty until pretty late. I'm, like, I was like, I just need some time to develop. And, like, Felipe, the coach, was always, like, 100% bought in on me. Like, before I, like, when I was literally just a 437 miler and a, you know, 617 mid 5K, which is, like, I still don't know why he looked at me. Like, he wasn't <laughs> looking at anybody else of those times. Um, and kind of laughs about it now, but it worked out. But I kind of just got sold on this idea, you know, being on a giant killer team. And I like walked into Santa Clara and I was like, all right, like, let's, let's change the program here and make it big. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's a really interesting story, actually. Um, can you, can you talk about like your mentality, like during this process of like, you know, you're running these times that are just like in your head, they're okay. And you know, the coaches aren't, aren't really looking at you. Um, but then you run this one time and then, and then like coaches, you know, start, start talking to you like what what's that process like mentally for you yeah I mean a lot of it was over my head I'm gonna be honest like I for a long time didn't know like I didn't know if I was gonna be good enough to run in college I knew I was good but I was like I don't know like I felt like how it'll go because my team was um you know we were a really good team like I was my junior year I was the like fifth to third runner on the team and like if you can't beat guys on your team how can you expect to beat people in college is kind of my mindset but then like you know I always knew I was getting the people on our team. Like we worked out top five, you know, they all worked out together. And our number one runner was this guy, Isaac Green. And he was like one of the best runners in the nation. And he like, if I'm working out with him, I was like, I know I can be racing as well. It just needs to click. Um, and so I was kind of like, you know, reaching out to these colleges 
not preemptively and not like not believing myself but I was like if it like in case it happens I want to be like ready and then as senior year went around like my workouts were all clicking you know like I knew something good was coming like through my like workouts I was like working out with this top guy my mile I started like kind of competing with the other top like I started being like that top three legit and like almost top two and like you know maybe I could beat Isaac on the perfect day and then like it was just kind of like I had to believe in myself without really believing in myself and then it just happened like all of a sudden like I was believing in myself and I was winning races and I was like oh I'm running you know 420 mid and like at altitude 420 low and then I'm like trying to win every race I'm in and then like you know all the things my coaches and friends had been telling telling me about how like oh yeah you could be really good was just like started being you could be and started being like you are which was pretty cool awesome yeah and so I mean obviously that recruitment process all kind of worked out in a really really great way looking back on it and I mean going into that those first few weeks or days or however long at Santa Clara um how did the realities or uh, the realities of the university or the running program kind of reflect your expectations or how did those match up to when you had first gone through that recruitment process to then going into the university as an actual student on campus yeah um I mean it was pretty much what I expected on my visit I fell in love with the team and its culture and how you know how cool everyone was like I was kind of worried I was going to go to a, a cross-country team where everyone was nerdy and weird and like <laughs> like stereotypes which honestly we were and I am but like I was worried it was going to be something different that I didn't like and I showed up and like loved the team and you know, we had this idea that like we were going to become something good and that we weren't something good right then and I showed up and it was like you know the number one guy on the team was this fifth year who was preaching that and then the number two guy on the team was a sophomore, and the number three was a sophomore, the number four was me, and the number five was another freshman. And we were like, we were a young team that knew we could do something good throughout all of our time there. And so it was kind of just like, and it was, you know, it's it's fun to be the young guy who's good as well. You know, you sh- that was another reason I went there. I wanted to show up somewhere where I could be a part of the team right away um, and travel. And like, the team grew a ton over the four four to like six years technically that I was kind of there so it was like those beginning years like we didn't know how to be good we didn't know how to take it as seriously as certain d1 programs do but we did know how to have really good team culture and that was kind of what we focused on so like showing up on a team that focused on team culture was really fun to be a part of yeah yeah so on the topic of team culture you know uh Santa Clara you know has kind of garnered you know that 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 national kind of light of through the media day uh, pictures, you know the profile pictures, uh, with like the haircuts and whatnot. Um, so you know, can you talk about like the team culture and like the team spirit and you know that kind of like what's that's like um, at at Santa Clara and you're in yeah. in your four years. Yeah. So like I showed up and it was like right away one of the first things because you know we do our media day during our preseason. So Santa Clara is on quarter system, which basically just means we start school really late and end school really late which also means we show up to school a month before so that way we can run races with every other like the semester schools so for that first month it's preseason. we just are only running it's super fun and like i think that kind of sets the tone for our team culture is like you show up to school and the only people there are athletes and they're all just like doing their sport and having a great time and right away it's like two weeks they're like two weeks from now we have roster pictures so and then we also, we like, they had been emailing us. We had like a Facebook group back when that was a thing. Um, they're like saying like, make sure you don't shave before you show up. Make sure you don't shave before you show up. Make sure you don't shave before you show up. And everyone's like, oh God. <laughs> so 
showed up with these like terrible mustaches and they're like they're like okay like in two weeks we have we have media day we go crazy for this (laughs) I was a freshman I didn't know what was going on but I was like oh man I'm gonna look so weird like all my friends are gonna look so weird but like that's just kind of like was the vibe of the team it was like we're gonna do it and we're gonna do it together and it's hilarious and fun and we did that with so many different traditions like you know, media day was just the first two weeks. Then we had the, another event to look forward to and another thing that we always did and another like team event going on at this race. And so it was, a, it was super cool. Our, our team culture was definitely like what carried us through those first couple of years. Totally. Yeah. And do you have a favorite media day shot? Of, of mine or ever? It could be both. Yeah. I'd say the best ones aren't public because we had one year <laughs> where they went viral where we went in it was it was amazing like I, I have them on my phone and I shared them to like Sidious Mag so they they posted some of them but then they probably got taken down because our school didn't like them but basically we took these photos and people went according to the school crossed the line and they <sighs> ended up like so they ended up saying they accepted them so everybody shaved and then they're like wait nope never mind you got to come take them again so like <laughs> the like retake ones were kind of lame but like we had Someone, I think my favorite one was this guy, William Hunsdale. He dropped like uh, eye drops into his eye right before the photo, like dropped tons of them into both eyes and his hair is dyed pink and slicked back like the Joker. And in his photo, he has like just tears dripping down his face and he's just like crying in his room. That one was probably my favorite one that we've had. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, on a more serious note here, um, can you describe Coach Montoro, Felipe Montoro, as yeah. a coach, and what is his coaching like philosophy or emphasis training? Yeah, I mean, he's done an amazing job with Santa Clara. He showed up to a team that had zero money and has built it to a team that now has money and is one of the the better teams, one of the one of the best growing teams in the nation, I think. And I think that kind of is like a testament to who he is and his personality. And it's like his his number one belief is like if you're not in it, then like you're not like, I don't want you here, but it's not that like, you know, you have to be live and die running. It's like, let's figure out something that works for you. So a lot of our training is like pretty personalized to the person. There are some people that can't run seven days a week without getting injured and they're on the bike a lot, or there are people that can grind mileage and they're grinding mileage. And some people respond better to certain type of workouts. And as far as like, you know, life balance, you know, some people like school is going to be like a huge thing for them. So we kind of respect like being able to like prioritize things other than running as long as running is always a priority um and as long as nothing's you know like getting in the way of you being able to be a good runner um and as far as like training goes he has like i think he's one of the best coaches in the ncw you can see like he takes runners like me who are high 16 minute five pairs and turns us into like 13 mid to high five pairs by the time we're done and he's you know taken so many runners who have not impressive high school times um and turns them into like I think he had one of my teammates was like never broke 18 in college in high school and then ran like 1410 or 1420 in college which is like you know there are people running faster than 1420 but there aren't many people PRing by four minutes like yeah so I think it's really like he's an amazing coach I'm still friends with him I texted him today like he still gives me some training like I he was definitely one of the best aspects of Santa Clara and the team would not have been able yeah. to have the culture it had or grown as good as it, as good as it's gotten without him. I mean, that, that's crazy. Four minutes drop from 18. Yeah. yeah, no, he's crazy. 
that, that dude is a beast. He like he walked onto the team because he was they're like no college would have taken him. So he yeah. walked on like during his walk on we're like, how is this kid gonna make it? And he just grinded and got so much better. You know, can you can you reflect and you know share some of the some of the highlights, some of the you know hardest workouts, some of the um, funniest moments on the team? Uh, just you know, what was what were like you know the highlights of of your time? I mean, when I first thing I think of highlights is just team team events that we yeah. we hosted. You know, things like can't really spoil it for any freshman coming on the team, but you know, we have a ton of amazing team events. Things like an, an easy one that's not really spoiling is like after our big home race. Um, we have all the parents over and, you know, we have like everyone's hanging out outside and we like get food catered and it's like Chipotle. So it's pretty cheap, but like, you know, just everyone's hanging out and enjoying like each other's company as well as like, it's our home race. And like, you know, we're getting all of our fans out there. And like, I think I have one memory, my, my sophomore year of like the, an entire 8k course being lined with fans. And it's all people that I know, like. You know, yes. the girls soccer team, show, like every, cause it's, it's like, you know, 10 minutes from our campus. So like all the other athletes show up, you get all your friends to show up. Everyone on the team gets their friends to show up. Like if any parents are flying out to watch a race, they're going to go to the one where like they can actually hang out with you after the race. So it's just like, I would say that's definitely a high is the, our home race and everything that goes along with it. Um, it's just like an amazing experience. That's dope. Line, line the whole course or 8k. I mean, that. You'd like, you'd like make a move. You like time your moves with like your friends watching you. So <laughs> and then you'd be like, yeah. You must have felt so good during that race. Cause I, I know that like, was, you know, running, right. That was the best cross country race I ever ran. I ran out of my mind. Like I ran faster later on for sure. But like, that was like my, my sophomore year breakout race in cross country. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. kind of in a similar vein to that. What do you hope your legacy is on the Santa Clara team now that everything has kind of been wrapped up with them? And what did the program also give to you in your time there? Um, I'll start with what what it gave to me and then come back to my legacy. I would say, um, I mean, it really gave me like an opportunity to be good in college. I would say none of the other programs, except for Gonzaga, I'd say would have given me that opportunity. And But it, it gave me, you know, a group of friends. It gave me my degree. It gave me a master's program. It gave me like a whole leg up in life. So like I kind of owe a ton to the program, and I'm so grateful for everything it gave me, as well as all these amazing experiences and memories I have from it. Um, I would say I hope I hope my legacy on the team is like someone that like you know just pushed the team another step forward. Like I when I joined the team, it was not as good as when I left, and that was like the one thing I wanted to do. I wanted to be a team like to push it towards the giant killers. We we didn't we beat some pretty big teams, but there were other teams that I I hope we beat, and I. I hope everyone like remembers me as someone who pushed it towards the time that we will beat those teams very very shortly. So yeah, that'll that'll pretty much wrap up the segment on on about your time at Santa Clara, um, you know, running experience. So we're gonna we're gonna quick cut to a quick ad break right now. Um, you know, stay tuned for the before we dive into creative media. Okay, so we are back with Zach Lidoff, back to talk about kind of our next segment here. We're getting into creative media. Um, so you touched a little bit earlier about how you kind of do, like dove into the creative media area and space of running and how you have your own creative agency, but kind of starting from the beginning of that, like what first drew you to content creation and what were your first experiences producing creative content on your own or for someone else? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes, it goes way back for me. I would say I had a, I had a YouTube account when I was in middle school making trampoline flip videos. Like, <laughs> 
had this love of like, yeah, <laughs> which is funny. I went back and watched them and they're so cringe. If you dig hard enough, you'd probably find them. But like, um, I was kind of this love of like making something. And then I, you know, ended up getting into art. And I um, went to Santa Clara and didn't originally study art because I like thought it would be a bad idea. So I studied physics, but realized, you know, art's what I was into. Um, and during COVID, you know, school shut down and our professor and one of my art professors like required us to make an Instagram and, you know, start pushing content out that way. It's like, if there's ever a time, like now is the time. So all of our assignments were due via Instagram. And I always kind of had this love of making and this love of production, but having it like go in front of people's eyes in a way that I hadn't had since my early days in YouTube. And now like, you know, I wasn't just in front of like random like trampoline people that are like weird and watching my trampoline videos. But like, you know, I was like kind of in the running world. People knew-ish who I was. And like I had friends who were really in the running world that I could like push content through. And I think I kind of just like from that experience of like having made content before and knowing I love making things, being able to make things for myself and for like a business in a sense and putting that on Instagram was kind of like a great experience for me. When did running in content, obviously you had, you had to upload all of your homework assignments and all your projects for Santa Clara for your professor through Instagram, but when did you realize like running in content could first really intersect for you and how did that occur? Yeah. So like, um, I always had a love of running shoes, I would say like a lot of my art projects throughout college focused on shoes and kind of the motif behind like shoes and personal identity. Um, so like a lot of my work touched on the running world just because like running was a big thing for me so I'd go into running shoes and I was like doing that but I don't I don't think the real breakthrough occurred and in a um, a life drawing course and part of it was you know drawing being able to draw people and like one of my I just kind of like wasn't even part of a class assignment I just like my friend uh good friend Joey Bariatua runs for Tin Man shout out Joey Bags yeah shout him out he's amazing but I kind of was just like had the idea like you know if I draw the Tin Man like he'll probably share it they'll probably like I, I knew Sam I knew all the guys like I've met them they were cool I was like they'll probably share it they have a big following I don't like this could be a good business move for me so like I did this like line drawing if you go far enough back on my Instagram you probably see it it was one of the first posts that I've deleted a good amount now from like my homework phase but like one of the first posts on it now and it's like these weaving line drawings where like this line like kind of grows to be different people on the Tin Man um and they loved it and like they all shared it and then I ended up getting a couple like they basically like commissioned me to do some like very basic animation work for them and it was just kind of the start of like oh and like all of a sudden like a couple people who I followed who were artists in the running world like reached out to me and were like oh I love like the way you drew this like I would believe the way you drew this runner like I've never seen anyone do it that way and I was like oh, that's cool. Like these people I've always looked up to and respected, like, like my work. And I just gained like 500 followers. Like, <laughs> why am I not doing this more? And then I kind of just, you know, all of a sudden I had like a niche and everyone that followed me was into running. And like, I knew a lot about running and like, it was something I could kind of dive into. I mean, yeah, that almost, almost like perfectly answers the next question. Um, I was, I, mean. I was, I was going to ask, you know, when, when did you first, uh, like begin connecting, collaborating with people, brands in the running industry. Um, and, you know, how did that, how did that help you, you know, grow your brand and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, Tin Man was definitely the first one. Um, but, I mean, it just kind of, it started there and it, it got bigger. I always wanted, like, I mean, as a, 
I feel like I'm like very conflicted between being an artist and a designer. As an artist, it's, you know, it's about making work that is meaningful to you and about like getting your thoughts out into the world. And as a designer, I think it's almost the reverse. It's like about seeing, like I just like seeing my stuff out there representing. I mean, it's usually if you're designing something, you're representing someone else's thoughts. So it's not like they'll come to you with an idea and you come up with a design that fits their idea. Yeah. But seeing your design out there in the world was like, it's a really enjoyable experience. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I think after seeing that with Tin Man, I just kind of wanted that more. So I would reach out to companies and if they ever reached out to me, like, I don't think I said no to anybody who reached out to me for like two years, which I wish I could go back. I would like maybe negotiate prices. I probably did too much free work, <laughs> but like, yeah. That makes some sense. But I mean, yeah, sort of on kind of in a similar, it's like it's kind of a segue to that, what you just said. Um, as your worker, Monorable, obviously you touched on the Tin Man part. What strategic moves for your business and for growing your brand did you make? Like what were those strategy moves um, or what were moves you wish you had made to grow your brand a little bit quicker that you kind of reflect on now and wish you had done? Yeah. So um, throughout the last couple of years, the last year of my college experience and my grad program, throughout and then the whole time of my grad program, I worked at an advertising agency and I interned there over a couple of summers as well. And it was an amazing experience. There were amazing people and I learned so much there. But I think there was about six months to a year where I think I had learned everything I could have learned from them. And I had kind of like capped out, like I wasn't going to grow and get a higher role there. And I think I wasn't getting paid too much. I was making, I think I would have been a better business move for me to just like, I ended up doing it, but like realizing like I should just like double down on myself and double down on my business. Um, that was like kind of a regret that I think if I could go back and do it better would allow me to explode. But there were a lot of like great business moves I made, you know, um, little small things, just like uh, I'd say one of the most successful things I did is figuring out what series work and how to capitalize on them. So like if there's a mainstream movement, how to, you know, capitalize on top of that, like um, one big one that I think grew me a ton of followers and got me a lot of projects, ironically, is I drew different athletes as minions. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I didn't want to get, I like was scared to do it and scared to keep doing it because I didn't want to just be the guy that draws minions. <laughs> but it was like, you know, you draw Craig Engels and all of a sudden like he's posting your literal picture on his account of 100,000 followers and like five people from Nike follow you. And then like, you know, you draw like some, you know, you draw the Tin Man and like Sam Parsons posting it and you get someone from Adidas follows you. And now you have this like network of direct people who you can target your posts at. So like a lot of times when now when I'm doing a post, like if I'm drawing a Hoka shoe, like I'm drawing that shoe for my 10, 10 of my, you know, 2000 followers who work at Hoka. Like I hope everybody loves it and I like I'm making it as art, but when I'm posting it, like I'm targeting it directly at someone from Hoka, hoping they'll see it and either share it to their other Hoka workers or be like, oh, it'd be cool if we collaborated with this guy. So like, I think those now strategic targeting someone has what's really allowed my business to grow. Yeah, in terms of partnership, what do you consider to be your most notable collaboration, most notable work? And what which one has been your favorite? Or maybe those two are the same. Yeah. Um, I would say my most notable work has all come very, very recently. Um, uh, my most notable work is probably work that I've done with Nike. And I have an upcoming project with New Balance that I think will be slightly more notable. And I have more projects coming with Nike as well, which is very exciting. Just being able to work for this company that like was like a dream to work at. And now I'm working for them is like really cool. Um, I would say my favorite project that I've worked on, see, it's weird because my favorite projects are all projects that are like personal art projects. 
Uh -huh. um, like my favorite project I've worked on so far has probably been the series of cities of different. Oh like, yeah, I saw that. Mm -hmm. um, I just like it was a cool idea that I jumped into and absolutely fell in love with it. And on the on the business side, I think right now um, I just I'm doing a project with the Portland Track Festival, um, and I think like what I came up with for it is really cool. And I'm, that was probably my favorite project I've done business side. So I'm excited to see that out in the real world. Yeah, I have to say, I first took notice of your work when you did that collab for Dominic over at Running Effect, um, yeah. because his his thumbnail was completely, like, I clicked on Spotify one day, and I was like, mm -hmm. what is this? Like, this is way, way better than, like, the really bland, like, yeah. I forget what it was before, but it was super, super bland, and I it was a complete 360 from what I'd been used to, because I'd listened to his totally. podcast, and I was like, holy crap, like, that that was a huge upgrade. Yeah, no, he's he's a great guy. I love Dominic. He's he's changing things in the running world. I'm stoked to see how far he grows. But he he reached out to me one day and was just like, "Dude, I'm a huge fan of your account. I've been a, can a fan for like a long time." And he like he had been. He had like been an early follower. Had liked posts like early on. And he was like, "I would love if like somehow I could get you to help me out, like make you know the podcast and the logo cover." And like I looked at it and I was like, "Dude, how are you so big but have such a bad like logo?" And he was like, eh, I just haven't changed it. Like it was pretty old, but like, then I was like, so we like worked out a deal to make, to make it better. And like it, that was also a really fun project for me to work on. Just like, cause that was like true media. Like, you know, it's like working for a friend. Cause like, you know, he's someone my age ish, someone who's like growing their own business the same way I'm growing my own. And so like, I had like foot in the game almost of like, I want to get in on ground floor and see how big he can get. And it was like, he gave me full creative freedom. He's like, just come up with something sick. Like I've seen what you've done. Um, so that was really fun for me as well. Yeah. And so kind of moving into more bigger, bigger picture questions in a sense, um, what do you hope to accomplish through your work and also potentially later in your running career down the line? And what are some goals for you? I mean, in the future, whether it can be short-term or long-term. Mm -hmm. I would say my short-term goals are just to become more profitable. I'm already like profitable and like able to pay cover my rent and pay my living expenses and save a little bit. But like short-term goal is just like bump that up to like a, a better salary, like something that's like that I'm very proud of rather than just like, all right, I'm making this work. Um, Long-term goal is I'd really love to turn Little Studios into like, you know, a, a multi-person company, like an agency that, you know, I might be the lead designer on it, but we, you know, I have a developer helping me out. Like I, I do web design. I know what I'm doing there, but like having someone who's dedicated for that and having someone who's a dedicated videographer and have like a full creative team where like we're working together and like people are on payroll and we're working on big projects and like you know we're getting flown out for different events and like having a, a company of like people that i consider close to me with i think is like definitely where i'd hope uh, lit studios goes and then personally as a runner you know i'm i'm at like a crossroads and what i want to do with running i just finished my college career and it went pretty well i'm i'm i wasn't stoked with the last race i had for track but like Overall, I was like ecstatic with how my career went. Um, and I'm kind of trying to figure out how I want to pursue that post-collegiately. I think I ended last year as 33rd in the steeplechase for USA. And they take they took 32. It's like oh. first one out was unfortunate. But, you know, that's like, that's the name of the game. I was first one in when I went to nationals, like, or last one in. Like, I, I've been on both sides of the cut. And like, that's that's what makes our sport so great. So I'm kind of, you know, trying to figure out if I want to keep running hard or if I want to, you know, switch it to like half marathons or, you know, maybe do trails or what what way I want to race. But like I've been training and I'm in really good shape. And I think once I figure that out, I'm excited to, you know, 
to get in on, on get in on some race and see how good I am because I'm definitely like I'm in better shape than I was a year ago it's just about channeling that into a race yeah I mean talking about like the like the ra- like racing and you know running culture I guess um uh you know you, you're actively incorporating San Franciscan culture I guess it's like I'd call it into your in your projects works um so like how do you how would you describe you know the SF running culture um now that you're you know you're based out there now yeah, no, I, I love San Francisco as a city, but like first and foremost, it's like, I love living here. I'm having a great time. I meet new people all the time. Um, the city is like, it's, it's electric. It's a good time, yeah, but yeah. The, the running culture is like, is unique in the sense of like, there's very few pro runners here, you know, like, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. You know, like, um, we have some and I, and I run with them and they're absolutely amazing, but we don't have like a dedicated, you know, there's no like tin man or there's no like you know brooks beast like no matter what type of pro team it is there isn't one here and then you have this like um you know you have a lot of like running clubs like you know like the hobby jogger-esque they're great love them they're a ton of fun here in the city and then you have like the like racing clubs that do a lot of cross-country races and track races but they're not pro level and then there's kind of one team pdc which is pretty elite but they're based out of palo alto so it's different um but I don't know. So I, that's another thing, you know, I'm trying to figure out where I want to fit in to the running scene here. I kind of feel like I'm like at a crossroads of everyone. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm running fast enough to be on this team. And then I'm like, like, I love the culture of the running clubs. They're all just having a good time all the time. And like, that's awesome. So I think the city has a really unique running culture and it's, it's growing very fast just with how many fast runners have been moving here. Um, and pro runners, like throughout the last couple of years, pro runners have moved here. You can see there's like starting to pop up some pretty big races in the city. There's a like a 5K series that Tracksmith puts on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm stoked for that one. Um, I mean, it's it's a city that doesn't. It basically it's a city that lacks a pro team, but has the culture behind it as if it did have one. But there's like a hole missing where that team could be. I mean, when I think about San Francisco, I kind of think about Boston as a, as a city that you can kind of uh, come like take 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 notes from in a sense like boston although it's not like a flagstaff it's not like a boulder where it has the altitude aspect it has like the big big protein it has its own boston has its own pro teams it's a vibrant lively city outside of the whole running aspect to it so i see a lot of um parallels from boston in san francisco and in that sense like what do you think our next steps for san francisco as a city to build its running culture similar to that of a boston or maybe like a new york i mean i think it needs I mean, for, like, I think the easiest fix, is if there's anyone from Strava listening, you guys need to, like, fund a pro team somehow <laughs> because like, we have, like, there just needs to be a company that's based here that makes a pro team. Like, we have Golden Gate Park is the biggest city park in the United States. It's, like, when I do an easy run, I just do one loop around the whole park, and it's all soft surfaces. And then yeah. we have, like, Presidio, and then we have, like, Land's End, and then you have all the trails in Marin, and then we have, like, a super nice public Mondo track. Like, and the culture is here there's just no pro team so i think the first thing would be just like getting and there's on on the women's side there is the impala's uh distance club or racing club and they're there they send a lot of people to the olympic trials like i think maybe the impala's you know branched out and got a sponsorship more so than they have right now that could be the start and then you know you get a men's team bumped onto it but i really think the next step is either just more pros that aren't a part of a team moving here or more realistically just like strava throwing down the money and getting a pro strava team 
Like it doesn't need to be a shoe company, <laughs> you know, or the city of tech. We could have a tech company doing it. Mm, I like that. I actually... get all the Twitter guys coming out of their offices to do a 5K. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I mean, I mean, maybe some more culture questions about culture here. Do you, I mean, do you, if you mind me asking, what part of SF are you from? Yeah, so right now I live in the, like, Richmond district, which is just right oh, next sweet. to the park. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, like, yeah. technically, I live, like, on the border of Richmond and Nopa, so I'm at that very, like, uh, east corner of the park, like, uh-huh. uh, which is really nice because it lets me be closer to Presidio as well, but, yeah, um, yeah no, and the, it's just, like, great running here. All the people who run, super nice. Like, since there's a lot of people that work from home, you know, like, if you go run in the park at any time of day, there's full of runners the track always has people working out on it yeah. and they're good like it's um and there's like the another thing to touch on is like the the hobby jogger club scene here is about to blow up like i'm since i'm a, like a designer i'm heavily involved in like helping people get like logos and getting their illustrations and their t-shirts and like putting them in connections with nike reps and you know a6 reps and people like that um and a lot of people have just moved here. It's like, reminding, it reminds me of early LA, like 10 years ago. Not that I was a part of that, but from the stories I hear from the older people who were, of like, you know, all these clubs starting up and it exploding into the masses, which I think will be really good as well for the city. Awesome, yeah. And so on our last episode, we had Gavin and Callum Sherry come on to talk about, I mean, their awesome. experiences with the Bay Area and the running community here. Um, they had some... Some, some good takes about food. Do you have any takes about the food in SF? Any favorite spots and restaurants? Yeah, totally. I think San Francisco's got probably the best food in the United States. Don't at me. People from DC, I think you have an argument to make, but I'm going to say it's <laughs> better. Um, so there's a place, Rose Indian Food. If you like Indian food, top notch. Uh, if you like sandwiches, we got yellow sub sandwiches. Yes, sir. We got, we're, about, we're about like 200 feet from there. We live right on, right on the corner from Yellow Sub. And then uh, if you got Mexican food, you go to the Mission. It's amazing. My my hidden gem, which isn't really hidden, is Panchitos Dos. It's like a pupusa place. Yeah. Right in the Mission. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a, I, I would go there <laughs> if I could afford it. It is absolutely, and it's not expensive. I just can't afford to go out every single meal. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And like it's slept on, not as expensive as you would think. There's a lot of cheap food if you're willing to look for it. Yeah, I don't know how Yellow Sub's still going. You know, they don't even take credit, which is crazy. Dude, I know. They're cash only. I go in there. The dude knows <laughs> my name, and I go, like, not that often. Like, I mean, and he, and he knows everybody's name, and he knows, like, my favorite orders, and I don't get the same thing every time. So I'm like, how do you, like, the, yeah. Uh, no, they're just a good business that makes good sandwiches. Yeah, I don't know the other guy's name, but shout out to Romney and his mom. For That's what I was about hold, to say, Romney and his mom. down. Hold yeah. it down. I don't know the other guy either. I just know Romney and his mom. Exactly. Yeah, I always see him around, but I'm like, I, I don't. I never got your name, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's Italian combos where it's at. You know what I'm saying? Yep. The Italian combo. The Italian combos, and he always convinced. He's always like, you got to get the steak and cheese. It's the best thing on the menu. And I'm like, no, the Italian combo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, some sometimes sometimes if, I, if I'm feeling good, you know, maybe I'll go. Yeah, I'll switch it up. Go and maybe an American combo or a steak and cheese. Gone, yeah. I've gone, I've gone turkey sometimes, but you know, Italian combo, Italian combo is a go-to. But as far in the mission, I think, I think my spot is El Farolito. El Farolito. Oh, yeah. Farolito. So, yeah, that place is good. Yeah, yeah, cause we went to we went to we went to school in the mission, so like, yeah, okay. we, we know we know all the spots down there. Um, yeah, if you've ever, ever been by San Francisco Friends School, it's that big yellow, the yeah. huge yellow building. That's where we went to K through eight. Really, that's awesome. 
Yeah, I love that place. Um, yeah. Lots of good memories. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, no. no. But San Francisco's amazing. I tried, I'm trying to get more of my art out into, like, the San Francisco scene, less of the running yeah. scene of the city, yeah. but just, like, yeah. you know, meet the galleries, meet the, meet the studio artists, meet the people, and, like, because there's so much cool art coming out of here that, like... Yeah, like, the stream murals are, like... Like especially in the mission, like they're they're like sick. Yeah, yeah you, you have like a very distinct art culture coming out of like mission and then you have like weird seventies people that need to kinda let go of the seventies, but it's still sick art coming out of like <laughs> and like I mean, then I think like, you know, Sunset and uh Richmond have this just like like sweet art that's still it's just like modern. That's great. I love it. Yeah. I saw your stuff where you did like that secret giveaway where you put out a piece of art that you made on like Richmond or Fulton and like said, come yeah. get it to whoever's first first. So first time, I know I was, it was pretty sweet. I got some people that snagged it. They let me know. And then some people that missed out and I was like, oh, I'll have to do this again. People seem to like it. Yeah, it seems like a hot one. Um, Not in town right now, but this summer definitely run that back. I might need to. I'm sure I'll, my I'll try to I'll time it during the summer. Sweet. I mean, yeah. I think that's all we've got for you, Zach. Where can people follow you for those who don't already know where you're at online, on Strava, anywhere else, any shameless plugs? Yeah, so on Instagram, it's just at Litoff Studios. That's L-I-T-O-F-F Studios, S-T-U-D-I-O-S. Um, and then Strava is just my name, Zach, Z-A-C-H, Litoff, L-I-T-O-F-F. Um, give me a follow on both, yeah. But that's all we've got for Zach. Thank you guys for listening so much to the episode. We'll have all of the all of the links to all of his work, his lit off studios in the show notes. So that'll all be there for you once you're all done listening to this. We thank you once again for taking the time to listen to the Run Fast podcast. We have more coming to you real soon, but that's all from us. Thank you so much for listening.